0: guys it's been a minute since i put out a podcast but here we are this one's been in the can for a long time so just just quick disclaimer this list was made uh, months ago but i thought with a couple weeks away from no time to die we'll put this out we'll get the ball rolling and hopefully from here weekly podcast so without further ado here is the top James Bond films uh from the bottom all the way to the top this list is going to be Ranking the James Bond films 24 all the way to number one. Uh, Obviously, it's no secret who's a part of this podcast, which is me and Matt. You can't see me, but I'm at full chug. Yeah. And (laughs) Emma's going to be in here making snide remarks and drinking (laughs) martinis as well. Um, So Matt has the classic Vesper martini in the shaker ready to go. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of quinoa, shake it over ice. Okay. Shaken, not stirred. Of course. This is going to be my first martini. How about you, Emma?
1: I, I may have had... I can't imagine that I've never had one, but um, it's, I guess, the first one that I remember.
0: Okay. Um, now, I'll,
2: I, should, I should point out that I make a fair bit of martinis, and the Vesper is not actually a great martini, but it's Bond's martini, so we're going to drink. That's
1: it. We have to.
0: He's pouring drinks and I'm scared for my life. It's completely clear, just like Everclear. I'm a beer drinker. I mean, I drink mixed drinks with a little bit of at least soda pop or something like oh, that. So, this is going to be um, really difficult for me. I think Matt and Emma are going to enjoy these far more.
1: They're beautiful in those glasses. Yeah,
2: they
0: look great.
1: So, I'll this, give Mike I guess a disclaimer. One. We'll
0: start with the, the that one. disclaimer we've got lemon pills. Oh, yeah, lemon
1: pills? sorry.
0: But uh, I'll start with a disclaimer. I think I can echo for Matt as well. So, initially when we talked about doing this episode, we were going to try to fit No Time to Die In. And upon further discussion, we were like, you know what? Before we see that film, we're going to have to let that digest for a while and see where that fits into the pantheon of James Bond films. Um... And for those of you that are new to this this podcast, this over is. the pandemic, thank you, <laughs> um, Matt is a huge James Bond fan. Okay. He's seen all the Bond films numerous times. I'll take the giant yeah, so I'll take the him and I were chatting yeah, and you. I said, you know what, why don't we do some podcasts on all the Bond films? We'll start with the Connery's, we'll go to the Moors, then we'll get to the Brosnan's and then we'll do the Craig's. And so we went through this journey and I was hooked. I became a huge Bond fan, um, and it was a great like few months of just breaking down all these films, um, going through them. So this list, I think if I were to present this list on like, the James Bond subreddit or any kind of circle of hardcore Bond fans, they're going to shit all over this list, and they're going to say, what are you doing? You're crazy. Why would you do such a thing? And and I, I'll say I as a person who spends a fair bit of time
2: on the James Bond subreddit, you'd be surprised. Everybody has a different interpretation of what makes a good James Bond film. Yeah, we should toast. We got our vespers. Let's do it. Cheers. These look uh, these look classy as hell. They do. They might taste like jet fuel, but All right, let's they smell great. That's not bad. Not bad. It's cold. My advice is drink it while it's cold. Okay. Because when it gets warm, There's
0: a lot smoother than I expected. Yep. Mm-hmm. These are good.
2: Yeah. Not not too
0: bad. Um, uh, yeah. I you know,
2: I'll add my own disclaimers really yeah, really really, really quick because I kind of felt the same way. Um, oh. <laughs> Emma's not into the best for as much. I don't think.
1: I don't think I I like vermouth.
2: Okay. I'll just make you gin next time. I like gin. There you go. You are British. Yes. Like Winston Churchill, his idea of a martini was just a cold gin and he would salute France or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my caveats for this are, you know, if you put a hundred Bond fans in a room and said, make your list, you know, rank your James Bond films, you would get a hundred different lists. Everybody has a different opinion of what makes a good James Bond film. These are completely subjective. Uh, mine, I was not trying to be objective at all. It's just the order in which I like the films in the order in which I'd like to watch them. Yeah. I have some classics down low. I have some controversial choices up high. Um, and the other thing, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is if you ask me to do this again next week, there'd be probably a slightly different list at least. It, it changes by the day.
0: Yeah. We use this um, sorta app.com. Go check it out. It's fun. You can do all kinds of stuff on there, MCU too. MCU films, too. MCU, Star
2: Wars, all, all different stuff. Yeah. Which
0: Matt has just made it through, like, one and a half phases of MCU, which Lewis, me, Lewis, and Matt will get you down the road. Yep, future podcast. But we did this three times each, right? This time around,
2: at least? I've done the Sword App a bunch, and it, it usually comes out um, pretty much the yeah. same. It's, it's very close.
0: So I felt like maybe some of these I was doing a disservice to, or, like, I felt kind of wrong ranking this one... Uh, 24, but it came out the same way every time, so... Are we started? I'm going to let Emma choose first. Like, who do you want to hear from first, me or Matt? Matt. Okay, perfect. Okay. You go first, Matt. All right. This is exciting. Oh
2: my gosh, I'm so happy. <laughs> so happy to be doing anticipation. this. Anticipation. It's been months since we've talked about Spectre. Okay, 20, number 24. There was another film I almost put in number 24, but at the end of the day... There's only one that can be the worst James Bond film, and it is Die Another Day. That is my number 24. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before we did our rewatch the last time, I, you know, I would have said Die Another Day, terrible film, but it has some redeeming qualities. There's moments of fun. It's got good sections. You know, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I think I only said that because for a long time I only watched this movie when I was drunk and decided to put on a fun drunk movie. I watched this movie stone cold sober in the middle of the day for the podcast and it, it, it's, just a, it's just a miss in so many ways and if you're a Bond fan I mean it literally almost killed the Bond franchise like they had to reboot the whole thing yeah. from Cena Royale afterwards mm-hmm. um, when I saw this in 2002 I hated it so much it briefly killed my interest in James Bond and while I don't hate it that much now I still think it's fine I'll still put it on and enjoy it it doesn't have much going for it Right, last place.
1: Well, I think there's something to be said for the all of the films in general. If you are saying out of twenty four that the one that is your least favorite, the one that you don't like, you're still going to enjoy it.
2: None of these are unwatchable. I, that's the thing. I should probably point out too. That's it. Thank you for pointing that out. For a nutcase like me, especially, you have to understand, I love all of these films. Yeah. I, there isn't one I would... I've never watched a James Bond film and had my day be worse because of So this
1: of it. was really difficult for you? It was impossible.
2: Like I, like I feel the same way. Yeah, like, I, my my top five were a lock. Like, I know what my top five are. My bottom three or four or five were also, like, pretty easy. Everything in the middle was just impossible.
0: I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I am. Hardcore Bond fans that do listen to this podcast, and maybe I'll be a sneaky little devil and even post this on the James Bond subreddit you should. just I'll, to see the reaction, yeah. are going to hate me for my top five. I'm not going to lie. I'm
2: so excited now. Okay. Number 24?
0: But we're starting with 24. So. Oh, God. Okay. I did this sort of out three times. Mm-hmm. All three times this movie was last. Okay. And so... Super excited. I feel like if I didn't put this last, then I'm just caving to what most Bond fans feel is the worst Bond... The conventional it, wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Which
2: would kind of be
0: probably the one you named. There's...
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I... Okay. I, I'll just say I did this a couple of times too, where I almost put a movie in a place where it didn't belong because I was caving. Yeah. But ultimately, you, you gotta, gotta be true to this. yourself. Right.
0: So number 24 for me is Moonraker. Um... Up top. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not even a familiar name to me. Fuck okay. that movie. Here's the thing
0: about Moonraker. It's not Bond. At all. Um, it's space battles and laser gunfights and... It's Star Wars, the, but with Bond. I, I
1: hate those movies.
0: The only reason why I almost moved it up is the villain. Drax is good. Drax, Drax is, is a good. good villain. And Goodhead is, is decent as a Bond girl. She's oh, you're
2: talking about a Bond girl.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, but everything else about this movie is shit. And then to find out that it's got no ties at all to the book, and I'm a stickler for, Zero. like, you know, as much as we can to stay true to the source material, mm-hmm. fuck this movie. So, you know, the thing about Moonraker 2 is that it's, it's
2: most known for, it's, it's, Mm. It's it's mo- you know what uh, number twenty three for Matt Moonraker.
1: <laughs> I was go. gonna ask, but then I just peeked because yeah. I'm sitting right next might to well, him.
2: Might as well because like the the thing about Moonraker is that um it, it it's um it's it's only known for the ending, which they go to space, and that's only the last like twenty or thirty minutes of the it's movie. It's came to Star Wars. It's well yeah, Star Wars came out in 1977.
1: Well, when when did this come out?
2: 1979. Okay. And the producers were like, hey, what's really popular? Star Wars. Let's do Bond Star Wars. But then the rest of the movie
0: is also kind of boring. Yeah. That's the biggest problem with Moonraker for me. And, and the bookend is about, like, a missile that's being stolen. It's a lot yeah. more grounded. And this is like, we're in space, and we have laser gun fights. Literally right. literal laser but gun fights. But
1: isn't, um... I I am, you know, no history buff by any means. And I don't know. I I was, like, being born at this time. But... The late '70s is that when the Cold War was going on. Oh
2: yeah, Cold War was the um, really after World War II through 1991. So that's that's a big. Well, also this was fun. the
0: start of like Bond, really kind of going outside the boundaries of reality. Which, yeah. if if you're going into like a Marvel movie, you expect that. But in a James Bond movie, right. you don't. James Bond movies can be they
2: can be silly, they can be over the top, but. The way I always put it is, James Bond movies should be um, not implausible, maybe not, or not impossible, but maybe implausible. Correct. Um, It shouldn't, it should be not likely to happen, but not completely out of the realms of reality. Yeah, and James Bond just shouldn't go to
0: space. We're okay with like a watch having a laser gun on it? Sure. We're not okay with a giant spaceship eating another spaceship. Correct. And Marshall We're getting getting there. Yeah. But to, well, to echo your we've sentiment, we've
1: all seen Inspector Gadget.
0: There you go. Yeah, uh, we all we did was flip flop here because I have oh, really? twenty three die another day. And here's the thing: they're neck and neck for, for the last. I think I, this movie's infamous for being terrible. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie in the theaters as a kid. Okay, mm-hmm. so on a rewatch, the, the the initial premise of Bond being captured and tortured is interesting. There's interesting ideas in this film. Yeah, it's a great setup. But then you've got the terrible madonna song which sets the pace for everything else okay madonna is kind of the um almost like sounding the horn for shit
1: i was just gonna say if you insert madonna into anything it just downgrades it
0: because the movie the the intro song is shit which we all know is an important it's 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 an important element element to these movies and And it's the worst for my money
2: The Dying of the Day is the worst theme song It is
0: fucking awful. It's, yeah. And then you're getting some, some decent bond elements, so to speak. But then once she shows up, and that's exactly when the villain of this film parachutes in. It just goes downhill from there, and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse after that.
2: It has decent. There's a chunk of it that's decent, where they like. I think the opening title's okay. Like the, the pre-title yeah, sequence is yeah. okay. It's pretty fun. But it's ter- It's ruined by the song. It's ruined by the song. That Madonna song might be the only thing in James Bond that I actively hate. Sure. I think it is just that song is so egregiously bad. And yeah, like there's maybe 20 decent minutes in Die Another Day. It's not even good. It's just decent. But then it gets. What horrible. year is this movie? 2002.
0: We've talked about this. Oh, too. that's when
1: Madonna is not.
2: The no, same she year, was like on a comeback or this, something like the
0: same that. Year,
1: She's always on a comeback.
0: Well, the same year, Holly Berry, I believe, won an Oscar for Monster. Monster's Ball, yeah. And she won a Razzie for this film. And the first engagement between her and Pierce Brosnan, you do not expect Pierce Brosnan to just out. Run circles around her in the acting in terms department. Of thing, she yeah. absolutely does, dude. I think the
2: writing had a lot to do with it. It's the worst writing in any Bond film.
0: And then the sexual movie. innuendo at the I'm end where they're hiding the fucking gold of her or asshole don't or take it. Don't take it out. Leave
2: it in. Yeah. It it's so well. It's like, it, oh. It doesn't
0: work, dude. Cringe. It, just, it doesn't work. I would
2: have been like 12, I think, when I saw this. So and here's even a, 12, I was like, a nope.
1: Madonna song and hiding something in someone's butthole. Correct.
2: So... Well, it was implied... It could have been one of several crevasses. I've liked this martini a lot more than I expected.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> more you, <laughs> the more you drink it, the better it is, huh? is. They're really
0: yeah. actually, you know what? I'm kind of digging it. I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I'm be Are you
1: it. already getting drunk from it? I am.
0: No, I think I'm okay. Cheers, though, to these martinis, yes. am Yeah. James Bond. But
1: careful with the glasses. Oh, Let's okay. not cheers too harshly.
0: Okay, uh, Matt. All right, that was that was. We're on twenty-two. Okay,
2: twenty-two. This movie almost, this, I think this is my first of the sort of controversial takes. This movie almost went last for me because I find it to be mostly joyless and I do require joy in my James Bond films. 22 for me is Quantum of Solace. And it's, it's not a terrible film. I don't think it's, people hate it. People hate on this film. I don't hate it. I still find it to be an incredibly disappointing follow up to Casino Royale. It's been 13 years since this movie came out and I'm still incredibly disappointed that this is what they came out with after Casino. Um, But the thing, it it might be my least watched James Bond film. When we watched it for the podcast, that was probably the first time I put it on in six or seven years. And for me, that's like an eternity with James Bond. Um, But it just, it's got good elements, it has good scenes, but it has no joy or fun to it whatsoever. And... Mm. Even though it is a heavier movie and it's, you know, a revenge plot, I like my James Bond films to be kind of fun,
0: and this is not. 22 for me, Um, this is one that I want to revisit and perhaps I'll have a lot more appreciation for. But we had just left the Connery era. Oh, God. I knew this was going to be it. I knew it as soon as you said (laughs) that. I was like, it's Live and Let Die. We (laughs) get into the first film from Roger Moore, Live and Let Die. The black exploitation is in there. Um, it's very jarring and yeah. somewhat offensive for an audi for somebody seeing this for the first time through twenty twenty one eyes. In twenty twenty one it's it's tough. Um you watch a little bit of this with me, remember?
1: I do. I specifically remember it because it's interesting you say like we're moving out of the Sean Connery yeah. era because that's what we watched first. Right. And so I I, I was in and out I don't like movies but I you know those mo- movies were okay Did you actually like the Connery film somewhat
2: I- the script is a rehash from Goldfinger Roger's way too old to be in the role and it shows um, the whole cast is kind of kind of feels old it's saved by uh, uh, Grace Jones and um, Christopher Walken as the villain they're yeah. great but I kind of wish they would have gotten a face off against Timothy or Pierce or somebody like that somebody younger who could have come into it so still, it's fun, but it's not. It's not great. It's got a lot of problems. Also, if you watch this movie and you can pick out all the stunt doubles playing for Roger, it's a really fun game. It's <laughs> super obvious.
0: Twenty-one for me is Octopussy. Um, the when the most memorable thing from this is Roger Moore dresses a clown, and the Tarzan sound effect scream when he's swinging through. Um... The villain isn't really crystal clear. Octopussy is kind of the Bond girl and the villain. Yeah, there's a few different villains in, in Octopussy. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, it's kind of a end of the road forgettable Bond film for me. I'm very attracted to Octopussy, though.
2: I should probably say that. She's got that domineering thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm into it.
0: You want her to fucking whip you like a... What's it called? Uh, hand, I can not think of the term. Uh, Take you out to the woodshed, huh? Yeah,
2: yeah. Give you the paddle. Give me the old lock pussy. You, you guys are creepy. Saying? All right, moving on. Moving swiftly along. <sighs> uh, what am I? Number number twenty. Number twenty for me is "You Only Live Twice." Probably my most controversial one, given how low it is, because this is a top ten for a lot of people. Yes. Uh, yeah, a lot of people would say this is this is an all time classic, and it does have the makings of an all time classic. Um, it's got Sean Connery. He's still mostly it is he's still kind of in his peak although he looks completely checked out for the whole film and that's kind of my biggest gripe with it is it feels like the whole thing is just paint by numbers it's paint by numbers bond yeah the script is a rehash connery looks like he'd rather take a bullet to the head than be there um and it totally takes me out of the movie um it's iconic but being an iconic movie does not make it a good movie it's got the volcano layer and spaceships eating each other it's Totally Austin Powers. Like, Austin Powers took so much from this movie. Yeah. Um, Iconic, but I don't know. I I go large chunks of
0: time without even remembering this movie exists. 20 for me uh, is a Connery film as well. It's his last one. I don't care what anybody else says. This is Diamonds Are Forever. Blowfield and Drag, Blowfield as a clone, Blowfield, period, in this movie is shit. Um, You know, after seeing the events of Majesties, you expect. Kind of more of a revenge tale here, um, more consequences, more stakes in its whimsical. The Bond girl is annoying. One of the most offensive scenes in any Bond film is in this movie. Um, the only thing that really holds it up is it's Connery, and, and Connery, even Connery on his worst day, is still Sean Connery. That's the thing. It's like even bad Connery is still Connery. Yeah. And
2: and he's actually okay in this. Yeah. Except for as I as I mentioned the uh, pre technical difficulties, the yeah. worst. The worst shot in all of Bond is Bond getting into bed with Tiffany Case and it pans down and you see his gut hanging over and it's the worst thing I've ever seen in any Bond film and I never want to see it. It haunts my dreams sometimes. (sighs) Number 19 for you, Matt. Number 19, live and let die. Not great. Uh, Mike and I were really mean to this one on our podcast. I think we sort of, I think we were drunk at this point. We were just piling on. Um, But... uh, Bond duplication is not a good idea. It was Rogers first. They clearly did not know what to do with the character What do you do after Sean Connery? What do you do with Bond in the 1970s? It's basically a police flick like a like a police caper It could have been any spy in this role. It doesn't feel super Bondy, which I don't love so right It's okay. It's a fun watch solitaire is outrageously gorgeous that's that's great. And I think Yafet Koto as the villain has really grown on me. I think he's good. He has a very bad death. It's really over the top and stupid, but overall, it's just okay. They're getting their footing.
0: Yeah. 19 for me is uh, Quantum of Solace. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I liked this movie a lot more when I was younger. So maybe, like, the reason why it's not lower is a bit of nostalgia. Um there's some fun action pieces in this but I think the biggest problem that this suffers from is kind of what I said from Diamonds you expect more consequences for this um, based on what happened in Casino Royale and you kind of don't get them Um, and then the events of Spectre kind of like makes this movie irrelevant because they like all of a sudden morph Quantum into Spectre yeah it overwrites the whole movie really they set up this whole thing Which, when I saw this
2: movie I thought oh my gosh this is so exciting we're finally getting a big bad villain, a big, a big, you know, quantum. Yeah. Ooh, what's quantum? Yeah. And then uh, they don't really follow it up ever.
0: The Bond girl is, is gorgeous in this, but mm-hmm. most of them are. But she's forgettable. She's not really integral to the plot. She's not even a love interest. Um, no. She's just there. Uh, she's just there. The villain, I feel, is like bland, like, who gives a shit about Mr. Green. He he might be the most
2: forgettable Bond villain. Like if I was gonna Absolutely. rank all the Bond villains, he might be last. I could not agree more. Because even like a movie like Moonraker, we don't like neither of us really like Moonraker all that much. But Drax is really
0: interesting and fun. Yeah. Um, but he's just like nothing. Um, and there's so much stuff going on in this, and so much action. It doesn't give you time to breathe or take in the story. And I think that's you know what makes it suffer and it's why it's you know on the, kind of the bottom rung for for bond films.
2: Yeah, that's a good point with the action. It, it my biggest complaint about this movie is the first 30 minutes especially are like frenetic. Yeah. It never slows down. You don't have time to breathe ever. So, it's a tough. One. You are on 18. I'm my on friend. 18. Uh Diamonds Are Forever, number 18. Not super high, but still not my least favorite Connery. Um, I have a Okay. Oh, by the way, by the way, I should probably point out that now, I'm in the I'm in the territory of Bond films. I will throw on any time. Like, just I love them all, but these are the ones after this that I'm like any 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 moment. Okay,
1: that's a lot.
2: Well, I've devoted a lot of my life to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I kind of have a soft spot for Diamonds Are Forever. It's really stupid. It's really bad. It's it's it is I consider it to be the best James Bond parody ever made but it's an actual James Bond film. And whether they kind of did that on purpose or not, I don't really know. Um, but it's a straight-up weirdo dark comedy that happens to have Conner, a fat Connery in it who's, who's actually kind of trying. And it, and it was for charity. Yeah. The, the biggest defense I will give of this movie is the, the plot is stupid. The villain... like Charles Gray's Blofeld is, again, very campy, very silly. Um, terrible? Well, terrible. But the the dialogue is actually excellent, which I love. I love some of the jokes, some of the one-liners, the wittiness in this movie. I genuinely enjoy.
0: I don't like how everybody knows who James Bond is in that's this, too.
2: Stupid. Like, that's stupid. But again, like when I say a parody, it's a parody. You, you, you have to watch this as we don't know. It's kind of the same thing with Live and Let Die. We don't know what to do with James Bond in the 1970s. So what are we going to do? We're going to make a comedy out of it. Incredibly disappointing follow-up to On Her Majesty's, because you're right. There should have been... It should have been a gritty revenge plot or whatever. But that's yeah. not what we got. Yeah. So while this movie is terrible, and I freely admit that, it's awful. I enjoy it because it's kind of stupid and silly.
0: And I, I, I take pleasure in that. So I'm going to be re-uploading all of our Bond podcasts to this channel since we switched over. But the, the description of Matt breaking down the end of this film is classic oh god what did i say which is the there's the gay oh, assassins i'm gonna get canceled and bond shoves the thing up the dude's ass oh yeah and he's like
2: overboard. He he <laughs> 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 you have to understand we recorded this would have been around it would have been around christmas time and it would have been late and this would have been our sixth Film that we were on, and I would have been pretty hammered at this point. Oh yeah. So I don't remember what I said, but whatever I said, uh, don't cancel. Me. Well, it wasn't offensive. Oh good. Oh, I'm so glad. The,
0: the part that we were laughing at was the sound effect. Oh yeah. Okay. Like when he shows <laughs> the thing up his ass and he makes that whoo. Yeah, like it's so like oh it's so wily bad. coyote like roadrunner. Yeah. Well, it,
3: it, and it
2: is. I mean, that's actually probably one of the most cringy things about the movie because the the, the villains are gay, and for the most part, they treat it. Most they they treat it mostly respectfully, absolutely until that last minute, and then they're like Sean pulls a thing up his butt, and he kind of those villains are menacing until this point. Yeah, they're super. They're actually I I would say those are probably the high point of the the villains are probably the high point of the The, the film. The the, like the kid, yeah, the um the henchmen, the henchmen, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're they're great. They're they're really menacing. They're really scary. They kill people. And they're gay, and it's not really mentioned. But then, no. like at the last minute, they're like, "Oh, we gotta get a dumb gay joke in." Yeah, and so they do, and it's yeah. really off-putting.
0: That's not the most offensive thing in that movie, though. No, it's not. We it's a black soccer. woman morphing no. into the fucking gorilla. Yes,
2: an African American lady turns into a literal gorilla in a cage. It might be the most uncomfortable thing in Bond. Maybe yes. the 70s were a different gold time. Goldfinger. Well, red. that's
1: one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, that went over my head as a kid. And then watching it recently, I was like, oh my yeah. Oh, no.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh,
0: the 70s were a different time. The 70s anymore. were
2: wild. You can get away with a lot of
0: stuff. Uh, okay, so we're on 17, 18? Uh,
2: 17, because I just did my 18. Oh, wait, I just did my 18. Yeah. So you're on, on my 18. You're,
0: we're on your 18, yeah. 18, I have a view to a kill. Okay. Respectable. Um, here's the thing. You like this movie much more than I did. Yes. Uh and again again I think it's because Christopher Walken and um, um Grace Jones. Grace Jones really hold the film up. Um I'm willing to admit that the Bond girl on this, which is uh what's her name again? Uh, she just passed away. Tanya Roberts was yeah. her name. She was in that seventies show. She's a knockout in this. Yeah. But yes, she's terrible. She's Fucking annoying. Yes. She's, she's, uh, This I, is like the Christmas Jones of this era.
2: Yeah, for right. For sure. Hallie Berry is probably my least favorite Bond girl, but man, if she isn't right there knocking at that door. Yeah, yeah. I get she's it. She's beautiful. Right.
0: But it's also uncomfortable because Roger is 125. That's that's and just she's it. He's like 22. So Roger Moore's love interest in this is a 22-year-old like you know striking blonde woman, yeah. and Roger Moore is old as fuck. He was 57 and looked 80. And when you interview Roger, when they interview Roger Moore for this, he's uncomfortable. Yeah. with these scenes, you know, oh, yeah. because he's like, I could be this girl's fucking grand grandpa, not not just dad. You know, um, we we mentioned this on the podcast, the stunt but like.
2: The thing that made Roger retire was when he met her mom and he was older than her mom. Yeah, and exactly. Like, going. Sorry, stunt doubles. Go ahead. The
0: stunt doubles, blatantly obvious, but I do like, there's a bit yeah. of a more serious tone with this movie, mm-hmm. um, which when you find out my top five, you'll understand that. Um, you I'm have, so excited to see your top, yeah. I
2: don't know what your top five you'll, are. You're, you'll,
0: you'll get, you you, you're you know my up. taste for Bond here. I do. do so you know no, where this is going. But, I have an idea. Um. Yeah. Uh. Plus, let's 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 not discount how awesome this intro song is by Duran Duran. Oh, it's one yeah. of the, it's one of the best. Even like Emma's like, of course I know this song. Like, I think one of the biggest things with this journey, like Emma's kind of dipped in and out with these, is learning that all these classic songs are from fucking James Bond films, and I didn't know that either.
1: <laughs> well, these songs from like probably the late '70s through the '80s, the, a lot of these songs I had no, I, I wasn't a I didn't know what James Bond, I heard the name. Sure. You know, but I didn't really, I hadn't watched any You call yourself a Brit? I know.
2: Disgraceful. Disgraceful. But
1: I I had no idea that these songs were associated with these movies. And these, most of these songs are, you know, iconic songs of my childhood. Yeah. And they're so, I have a terrible memory, but every word of... A lot of these songs, I, I can like sing these songs like. Like
0: when I was started to watch For Your Eyes Only, she had walked in during that part, and she was like, "Oh my god, I love this song!" Yeah, this. And she this had song no clue is, that was from a Bond movie. It's yeah, great.
1: it's one of the highlights of my childhood. There's yeah.
2: there's a lot of songs in Bond that are like crossover hits. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Live and Let Die definitely won. Yeah. Uh, Nobody Does It Better, Carly Simon. Mm-hmm. You still have that on the radio. Mm-hmm. And yeah, For Your Eyes Only was another oh, one. Oh,
1: Wasn't the Carly Simon in lots of um, commercials too? Uh,
2: I'm not sure. I believe so. Yeah.
1: yeah. O- like old, old. Like sure. maybe you weren't even born yet. He no,
2: probably just, wasn't. Yeah. But yeah. I, I identify as... You're 28 years
0: old, right? 29. Yeah. Okay. He definitely wasn't born.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... If I, you know, if I had, you know, a troubled youth, maybe I could be his mother.
2: Jesus Christ. we'd be drinking martinis together. There you go. I mean, I have this relationship with my actual mother, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway, Um, moving on. Number 17 for you. Uh, 17, The Man with the Golden Gun. This one actually rose a little bit for me. This was, like, down in the dumps uh, at first. I'm, I'm, this is going to be in your, like, top ten or something. I'm, I'm i'm putting it here solely on the strength of christopher lee's performance as the man with the golden gun scaramanga he's he's a fantastic villain i still think this was this period of roger moore where it's like they were figuring it out they were figuring out what they want to do with james bond they didn't quite know yet and in fairness i think the 70s is probably my least favorite era there's one movie that i love
0: but other than that the rest are pretty rough um that's interesting for me to hear that from you because I, I believe, and we'll probably do this episode down the road, Roger Moore is your favorite Bond. He's not my favorite Bond. Oh, okay. He's not He's your bond, favorite Bond, but I
2: love Roger Moore. Who's
1: um, your favorite? Uh, Sean. Sean's okay. my favorite Bond. But uh, it has I to be. has to be. I, I, I but don't, I, you know, I'm not really a fan or anything, but I don't see how anyone's favorite could be anyone other than Sean Connery. You
2: know, I do. There's no accounting for taste. Like, everybody has different views on these. I get that. Like, I love Daniel Craig. All the other ones were kind of boring. But I will say this. I will say this, though, about Roger Moore. He's not my favorite. I think Sean is James Bond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I adore Roger Moore as James Bond. Like, what make? And again, like, I started this list by saying even my number 24 I love. So all these movies I love. And Roger... I still kind of consider Roger to be my first Bond. That was the first Bond movie I saw. Was one with Roger. If I could be any of these James Bonds, I would be Roger. He's awesome, um, and I love him in these movies. I love his interpretation of the character. Unfortunately, these movies just don't hold up as well, especially the '70s ones. They're yeah. just really dated. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what were we going on? May have the Golden Gun. Yeah, great, great villain. Iffy Bond film. Roger's kind of a jerk in this one. He slaps a lot of ladies. Um, he's a bit of
0: an ass, but, uh... Go ahead. Um, okay. Seventeen for me is The World is Not Enough. Oh, wow. Um, I like a lot of things about this movie. Um, Pierce is kind of really settling in. Um, even though I thought he was, you know, we'll we'll get to that, but... Mm-hmm. No, I, I think I know where we're going with that yeah. one. Yeah, um... Uh... The, the, the biggest, the, the thing that weighs this film down the most for me is the villain. Elliot, what's his name? It's Elliot something, right? Elliot
2: Carver was Tomorrow Never Dies.
0: Okay, I'm getting confusing. The World Is Not Enough is the one with... The um, World Is
2: Not Enough is with Sophie Marceau.
0: Okay, so, um, I'm sorry. So the, the problem I have with this film is there's so many unnecessary action scenes in this. Okay,
2: yes. I'm gonna rank this film higher than you, but I will 100% agree. The action in this is the worst. It's awful.
0: And Christmas Jones. Terrible. This movie would have been ranked a lot higher for me. Now I remember. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I got I'm, I'm, my I'm, wires crossed. I'm, I need a pen. I'm. I'm. <laughs> you're, once, making, you're making some points here. Once Christmas Jones gets introduced into this film. And it was like, okay, she's in here for no other reason because she's hot. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're trying to make us believe this is a doctor. Well, and Who one knows? thing they
2: kind of did in the 90s was they took, like, whatever the like the hot pinup girl of the day was. Sure. Uh, and they, they were just like, put her in a Bond film. Put her in a Bond film. And they, they sort of did that for a while. And yeah. And it, it doesn't mean they can act.
0: It's the worst Bond, James Bond, in maybe any Bond film ever. Yeah, the one where he's in the mind. the yeah.
2: the, the missile Silo or whatever. Yeah. it is. yeah. I Awful. do,
0: I do like Pierce a lot in this. I think this is his best performance. Yeah, he's very good in this. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, I'll get to this, but I, I find this movie to be frustrating because
0: it should be better than it is. Uh, let's not discount, though, one of the best one-liners in this entire franchise, where oh, he says, "I think <laughs> I thought Christmas only came oh. once a year. I thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> good God." <laughs> When I
2: first saw this movie, I would have been like 10 years old, and I was like, What is that? So Emma mean?
0: just sat down. So the, the Bond girl in this is named Christmas Jones. And so they're having sex at the end of the film. And Bond is like, I thought Christmas only came once a year.
2: <laughs> so, and he gets a chuckle.
0: Yeah. It's worth it for that line alone. Absolutely. Yeah, it's,
2: it's a good ending. Who can ending. argue? It's Who a, can argue? It's a good ending to the movie. It's yeah. fine. I just right. asked
1: Aaron if he likes James Bond movies, and he asked me if they were inappropriate.
2: Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> well, there's the answer to that. That is the answer. Uh, all right, what are we on? Number 16 for me, I think? Yes, sir. All right, number 16, Octopussy. Okay. This one used to rank higher for me, and I do enjoy it. It's, it's, it's my third favorite, Roger. I'm going to go on a long spell here with no Roger films, but uh, it's, a, it's a weird movie. I have to be in the right mood for this one. Sometimes I watch it and I think it's really cool. Sometimes I watch it and I think, what a piece of shit. It's Because it's got all the problems that we said. It's got Tarzan yell. It's got Roger in a clown suit. The plot is pretty nonsensical. I don't really know what's happening. Yeah. It doesn't really have a villain. There's like three villains. Yeah, The Bond girl's also the villain. It's very strange. There's a lot of elements I really like too. It's got some good spy craft. It starts really small and slow, which I love. I love my Bond films to be kind of smaller scale. I always say go back to that. Um, it Again, like if it catches me in the right mood, I think it's awesome. If it catches me in the wrong mood, I think it's terrible. So I kind of had to put this in the lower middle tier, because it just depends on the day. Yeah. So. Great yeah. villain, though. Kamal, or Kamal Khan's kind of the villain. I think he's wonderful. But again, there's like three different people.
0: Okay. So we are you. on 16. I have uh, You Only Live Twice. Um, for sure Connery is checked out in this this is like the beginning of the end for him Um, I think the biggest thing that holds this movie up is the one that everybody talks about the great set piece with the villain lair and the volcano at the end the awesome scene that's been parodied to death a thousand times all the guys coming in a huge action piece at the end Um, seeing Connery in Japan is hilarious Seeing him try to be a Japanese man. Yes.
2: A six-foot-two Scott trying to fit in as a Japanese. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. Um, they start kind of going down the whimsical route in this. Oh, very much With so. this fake yeah. death. And he's like, why do Chinese girls taste like kung pao chicken? <laughs> <Seriously>? <laughs>
1: oh, like, that's not God. offensive or anything. No. <laughs>
2: this this movie literally has the line, in Japan, men come first and women come second. <laughs>
0: As there's a bunch of naked women, like, yeah, like washing him.
1: I yeah. think if if men come first, women never come.
2: Well, that's what the that was the Austin Powers line. It was like men come first, women come second, or sometimes not at all, baby. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Eat with the
2: teeth, this movie is pure <laughs> Austin Powers. Uh oh, shit. But it's got this laughing so it's you know, it's something. Yeah. It does have a great set piece. The the volcano layer at the end is 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 really cool. And it yeah. was a huge achievement at the time to build a set like that. Yeah, so.
0: Absolutely. Uh we are on 15. Okay. 15. This one pains me a little bit and uh
2: it it fell in this in this ranking. 15 for me is Specter. I think the first half of Specter is like top tier bombed it, it, if, if the second half lived up to the first half it'd be like a top 10 for me easily um, i thoroughly enjoy it i have a soft spot in my heart for this movie um, but that second half just just honks hard and it really drags the movie down it starts to make no sense it starts to kind of undercut things that have already happened um, it really drags it's way too long i love daniel craig in this movie he is full Classic Roger Moore Sean Connery Vaughn We get a really fun Weird car chase Which I adore I'll pop this movie on Anytime I love it But It's got a lot of problems And they really stuck out To me the last time We watched it Where I was like Damn this This, this second act Is not where it's at Yeah so.
0: uh, 15 for me I misspoke a little bit earlier But we're on point now Tomorrow never dies um, um, Okay And I think the biggest thing That holds this film down Is as I said The villain Elliot Carver is like a cartoony, mustache-twirling, over-the-top villain in this. Pierce is fantastic, and that's a common theme with all these Pierce films. He's fucking great, and even in Tomorrow Never Dies, he's great.
2: Pierce walks onto the set and like gives it his all in every scene.
0: There's never a moment. I mean, not where Tomorrow Never like, Dies. Die Another Day. Even in Die Another even Day, in Die he's great. Day,
2: absolutely. Like he, he's always giving it his all. He's yeah. always. You can tell that guy wants to be James Bond. Yeah.
0: Um, there's a lot of fun to be had in this. I like, uh, the chemistry between him and, um, uh, her name escapes me at the moment. What, what, what's the, um, the, oh. bond, the technical Bond girl in this, I guess. Oh, um,
2: it's, uh, her name's Y. Lin in the movie, I think. And yeah. it's, uh, Michelle Yeoh.
0: Yeah, I like the, yeah. the, 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 the kind of banter between him and, um.
2: Mich- and Michelle Yeoh is, I think, fantastic. Uh, her, the, uh,
0: the, uh, the, the connection between the, uh, the British Secret Service um, and the Chinese... And the Chinese Secret Service, yeah. Whatever or whatever the fuck yeah. they're called, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, those kind of things are, are interesting, but the villain really takes it down for me in this. But, um, you know, it's not dead last, so there we go.
2: That's that's true. All right, so for my number, what are we on, 14 now? Yep. Um, I'm calling an audible. I'm changing my list because Mike made some excellent points earlier. So I'm going to say The World Is Not Enough is my number 14. Yeah. Um, I, I went back and forth with this one. Um, this used to be, like, Once Upon a Time, was my least favorite Bond film. It's re- So it's really come up. There's a lot of good stuff in here. I love Pierce in this film. I think it's his best performance. I love Sophie Morceau, I think she's great as sort of the femme she fatale
0: is. villain. Absolutely. This
2: movie should be better than it is. There's too much shit, like, dragging it down. The action yes. scenes are all terrible and unnecessary. But there's some really fun stuff, too. I love the casino. I love that there's, like, personal stakes. Um, I even love that Sophie Marceau is just, like, playing with Bond's heart. It's all fantastic and has a huge role in this. This film is kind of Skyfall before Skyfall. Like, the same writers wrote this film, and there's a lot of themes that carry over. They did a much better job with Skyfall, obviously, but, um... I've come to appreciate it a lot more. A couple tweaks here and there, and we'd have like a top ten Bond film.
0: If you take Christmas Jones out of this film, dude, Did you have a ten percent. Besides out of film? getting the excellent one-liner of Christmas only coming once a year, right? Like she's useless in this, dude. I think I said. I think I said this on the podcast that um, this
2: Bond film would be improved simply by taking things out of it. If you took Christmas Jones out of it, if you took one or two of those action scenes out yeah. and just left the dramatic stuff, it would be a better film. Absolutely. But I agree. But as of right now, it's enjoyable, but not top tier. We're on 14? We are now on... I switched mine. So now we're on... Yeah, 14 for you.
0: Okay. Uh, 14, <clears throat> I have The Man with the Golden Gun. Um Again, I, I think I'd maybe hold more emphasis on Scarmanger, uh, Scarmonger. How do you say it? Scaramanga. Scaramanga.
1: You are being... wrong on so many levels. <laughs> yeah, I know. Being... Scarmonger.
0: No, but Christopher Lee being the villain in this film. Super cool. Um, not just that he's great in this, but that he's almost like the um, the perfect foil for Bond. Like Most of the time, Bond goes up against old dudes or guys that can't match him physically. And this film is not one of those. This is one where this is a guy who can match this guy skill for skill. Yeah. And they have this great scene at the end where they're, they're, you know, they're having this contest on the island and, and it's a hunt. They're having a shootout, basically. They're having yeah. a shootout, absolutely. Um, the Bond girl in this kind of takes it down a peg for me because she's kind of a... Uh, a, a I mean, she's super hot. Like, and then, but uh, yes but incredibly dumb. Like maybe the all these
1: Bond, Bond girls are. How many times are... have I heard you guys say that though? Yeah, but, well, but that's the thing; true. they're all I, hot. I don't, I don't, know if they're hired for their acting skill. Oh, they're not. For some
0: sure. no, but some some stick out for that reason or like. That's the thing. They're more integral to the plot, and some are just there because they're hot, mm-hmm. like Christmas Jones. They're, right? Every there's there every Bond girl
2: is beautiful. But then, yeah, then there's some that stick out amongst the rest because they also have great characters. They can really act or whatever. Well, like... I guess it's a given to say they're really hot, but sometimes you just have to mention it. The part... The part that...
0: like, Like... uh, Uncomfortable is where... But I guess, like, this kind of speaks to Bond, like, more to the books, right? He is about to have sex with... What's the what's the chick's name in it's, this? Well, I forget her name, but it's it's uh, oh, it's Miss Anders.
2: It's Maud Adams. Okay. And, he, and she Maud? comes. Yeah, she was Octopussy. She was uh, the only Bond girl to appear twice. And uh, uh, yeah, so he was about to have sex with Miss Goodnight. And Goodnight. Then, yeah, and That's then, then Maud Adams, as Miss Anders, comes into the or like
0: starts to walk in. He puts Goodnight in the closet. In a closet, and then has sex with. So he's Maude literally Adams. got the tip on her vagina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls out because. The other chicks there he puts her in the closet and he fucks her for like five hours well the other chicks in the closet <laughs> and then when he takes her out of the closet she's like she's like
2: it's two o'clock in the morning he's smoking a cigar in a row which tells me which i love which i love because it tells me he had time to finish take a shower put his robe on light a cigar and then he was like I should probably get this girl out of the closet. <laughs>
1: did she fall asleep? Yeah, she
2: did. And that was like his fourth priority was getting her out of the closet. It's so bad, but also so funny. And then he and then as she comes out of the closet, she's like, It's 2.15 in the morning. He's like, Don't worry, good night, your time will come. <laughs> like, you get to do this eventually. That's oh disgusting. God. Oh no, it's terrible. It's horrible. It is. Yeah, it's awful. They're laughing because it's funny, but it's also completely horrendous. Yes. The now, th-
1: who plays uh James Bond in this? Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Okay. I see I can't even conjure up a, a picture of anyone else. This is the last one
0: he slapped a woman in. Yeah, this is
2: the one where he was like 'cause this was kind of the, this was the first two. It was Live and Let Die and the Man with the Golden Gun. They kind of wrote him differently in those two, and then after that he said, Hey, I'm, I'm not, not Sean I'm not Sean Connery. I don't want to be the guy that's like slapping women and, <laughs> and Locking them in a closet and all like fuck this other chick, like I I don't want to do that anymore. Like, I don't want to slap women, but I'll fuck another woman for
0: hours while she's right. In of course, closet. of
2: course. I mean, look, it, you know. Yeah, it I mean, was the 70s. Come on, dude. Yeah. yeah. But Roger, Roger was actually a gentleman in real life. So to him, he was yes. like he was like, I don't want to do That's hundred percent true. I don't want to do this sort of thing anymore. This is not my bond. And and they never
0: did again. There was And never we all know there. that Sean Connery has no problem slapping his head. Sean chin. does not care. <laughs> Sean will do whatever. in real life or movies. Doesn't matter. The funniest shit. I'm not laughing at the fact that he's like slapping women because it's fucking terrible. Yeah, but the, the fact that the thing that's funny to me. Is He's doing this interview with Barbara Walters. We've talked about this before, but we'll bring it but up again. But it's still so funny. It's in the 80s, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, late Barbara 80s. Walters is like, Remember when you said that it was okay to slap a woman? Yeah, you remember that? Like, thinking, Oh, I've got you, fucker. Yeah. And Sean Connery's just like, Yes, yes. I haven't changed my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to slap you right he now. Doubles bro. down! <laughs> He does, he's
2: like, He's like. I haven't changed my opinion at all. You <laughs> slap a woman with an open hand. Not yeah! Like he's
0: like, when you've tried everything else, <laughs> then he, of course, it's okay to give her a little slap. <laughs> it's like, Jesus
2: Christ! He's just
0: completely unapologetic.
2: It's yeah. like, whatever.
0: Oh my god. But like I said... But Roger was not that guy. Like, like, Sean Connery's been married to the same woman forever. Yeah, and she was as awful as he was. So,
1: I bet you a million dollars that he's never slapped her.
0: That's what I'm saying. I think that's probably true. Yeah. I feel yeah. like Sean Connery, like, says these things to get a rise out of people in public. Yeah. But behind the scenes, she's like, take that trash out! And he's like, yes, dear. Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> he's taking out the trash. Yeah, and by all accounts, those two were absolute
2: soulmates in the sense that they yeah. were both deeply in love but also obsessed with money and like super sharky when it came to the business. Sheila was like one of the producers on uh, Never Say Never Again. Not like a technical producer yeah. but like she was on set
0: every day making We've sure We've talked about right. this yeah. with Connery. He's a very complex individual because he really you hear, for every story you hear about him being a cocksucker there's like a story of him being this sweetheart. You know what I mean? Yeah and apparently I to don't... fans he was wonderful.
1: I don't know if I, I mean I don't know much about him but if if I were to think about the stories that I've heard about him, which I can't really tell any, but I would think of him as a good guy.
0: Well, the thing is, like, like for example, Diamonds Are Forever, which we talked about, like, to get him to come back, his entire salary, which was like, over a million dollars. is a million two. He like donated that. that entire thing to like the Scottish Academy of Acting or like some school. It was an academic charity. Yeah, yeah like, like an he, academic charity. His was, entire salary. He was a,
2: he like by all accounts he was an absolute sweetie pie when it came to his fans. I, or his charitable giving, or his friends, or whatever. Yeah. But when it came to business, he was a shark. And that's well, fair enough. Well, maybe that's
1: why he was a shark.
2: But absolutely, yeah.
1: He because had standards. he wanted to, to yeah. gain what he could.
2: The other thing to remember about these guys, like Roger, Sean, and Michael Kane too, always comes to mind, is these guys grew up in post-World War II England. Really didn't even grow up. Like, Connery in Scotland, which like, is even well, worse. yeah, absolutely. Well, like absolutely. My dad. Yeah, so they grew up in, like, poverty. These guys wanted to get paid. Like, Michael Kane always said he did Jaws... Three or four, whatever it was, because he was like, I don't know, the movie was shit, but it paid for my swimming pool. Well, they, Connery, they, they like, were all about that check.
0: There's that famous story too. Some big company was trying to get him to shill a product. Oh yeah. yeah he yeah. wrote them a letter. It was like, for the last time, I'm not shilling your shitty product. I refuse to do this. You know, blah blah blah. I'm James fucking Bond. Quit bothering me. You know. Yeah. Like Connery's so, he was a badass. Yeah. I, let's fucking let's cheers mm-hmm. and, Cheers. Connery, dude. Cheers Rest in peace, man. He R. died... R. Yeah. He died
2: this year? Or uh, year. End, end of last year. Yeah, yeah
0: man. Halloween, I think. Which well, is- I
1: think that, you know, saying post-World War II, you know, my my dad is in that generation, although younger than that. But there is... There's a balance. You know, he didn't grow up with very much. So he wants to, he wants to make money and take care of his family, but there's a balance of... He's not going to compromise shit. Like, yeah. he... You know what I mean? If if it's not the right thing to do, he's absolutely not doing it. And fire him. Right. Go ahead. Right. You know? But on the other hand, he's about making a good living. Sure. Yeah. And that seems...
0: Plus, me being like 70% Scottish, like, how can you not love Connery? God damn it. He's the best. Right?
1: Well, they're tough, tough people.
0: Tough
2: yeah, they are. People. They've been through a lot. They have a they have a tough history.
1: So. I
0: don't know how yeah. we got on Connery from it, Man of it, the Golden
1: Gun. Freezing. It's freezing. It's freezing there. So you've got to be tough. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: They have
2: they're they're tough people. They have a tough history. Uh,
0: Matt, number thirteen. <laughs> uh, oh yeah,
2: I called an audible. voice, which to. My number thirteen is Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay. Um, this movie used to rank higher for me. Now it's a little bit lower. Also, I had it before the world. I had it lower than the world is not enough. But then Mike made some really good points about why that movie's not as good as I think it is. So, number 13, Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, I've mentioned this before many times. I am incredibly nostalgic for this movie. When I got into Bond, I think it was 97, which was the year this came out. I rented this movie so many times at Blockbuster. I think I wore a tape out. I, I, I adore it. it. It might still be my most watched James Bond film. Um, it's not great. It's, it's got some problems. Elliot Carver is totally over the top. Again, Pierce is acting his heart out. It's a little too action movie-y. There's Pierce with, like, double machine guns too many times. The story is fine. It's interesting. Um, but I love it. This is, this is actually the movie that, like, if I want to watch something and
0: don't know what I want to watch, I'll throw on Tomorrow Never Dies, and I will be happy. Number 13 for me, um, I echo all The sediments you made about this film, Spectre. Mm. It started out great, yeah. Um, where it shits the bed kind of for me is where Blowfield comes into bed. it. It comes into it. I don't like Christoph Waltz as Blowfield, he's um, a
2: bad Blowfield, and he should be great because he's amazing.
0: Absolutely. Um, I don't like that they're trying to connect every single thing that's ever happened to James to Spectre and Blowfield. I don't buy the Bond girl being like. This is the one that's like stolen his heart.
2: It makes no sense. They meet and then they're, and she's like 26 and he's 50 at this point. And it's, yeah. like, it's like, oh, we're in love. It's like, just fuck. Just yeah. Just fucking move on. Like we did all the other films. Exactly. But that first half. Great. Excellent. Absolutely. And even in the second half, I can see what they were going for. It's a frustrating one because you can see that they wanted to do something bigger and better.
0: Right. But they just missed the mark. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not satisfied with any, anything that ended in that film. But, 13 for me So 12 for you
2: Matt Alright 12 for me Before I do number 12 I'm going to grab a beer Because uh
0: (laughs) Another martini You're going to be On the fucking floor
2: Yeah exactly Another martini You guys are going to have to Like throw me out With number 12 (laughs) Number 12 I'm officially in the Bond films that are like These are top tier for me So Number 12 The Living Daylights Okay I think this movie Has a Completely Perfect first half kind of, kind of like Kind of like Spectre actually. Yeah. Um, Some of the best Bond Timothy Dalton's first He only did two But it's his first It was supposed to be Pierce Timothy Dalton came in At the last minute The first 45 minutes Or an hour of this movie Are com- just completely outstanding Great spy craft It was the mid Late 80s 87 So the Cold War Was kind of Heating up But about to end At this point um, And this movie Just encapsulates that 1980s Cold War feel just perfectly Yeah. Um, unfortunately where it kind of loses points is the second half sort of it's like they didn't know what to do with it so it meanders um, but it also suffers from not having a real villain amazing stuff in it though great spy movie
0: perfect Cold War film uh, yeah I love it uh, number 12 for me is The Spy Who Loved Me um, oh my gosh here we go where it starts getting really fucking hashed out um so they introduced um Jaws in this which is an iconic henchman maybe the, the most you can maybe make the argument for Odd Job. I think Jaws might be more well known sure yeah I think people everybody knows Jaws um uh Roger's really coming into his own in this. I like the dynamic between him and... Um, I can't think of her name. What's, what's uh, the spy's name in this? Oh, uh, Agent Amasova. Okay. Triple X. Triple X, there yeah. you go. Uh, I like how she kind of one-up, one-ups him. Um, I like how she's um, completely beautiful and has the best
2: cleavage of any Bond girl. And, <laughs> and she's married to Ringo Starr still. They are okay. still married. Barbara Bach. God yeah. bless. Eighty years old and she looks incredible.
0: Um It's a very it's a it's a good it's one of the better Roger Moore films for me. It's still a little bit too on the whimsical side for my taste, but um Yeah, I, I enjoy this film. I, I I like the chemistry between Bond and Triple X and, and, and the story. It's just a little bit too more whimsical for me than than, than I'm than I'm okay with, but it's number twelve. It is interesting. Up till this point, we've been
2: mostly in sync. Sure. I think for the for the most part, we kind of have similar tastes. Sure. Uh, all right. So what am I on number eleven? Mhm. Uh, you oh. might hate me for putting this where I put it. Number eleven for me is Thunderball.
0: Oh. Okay. And
2: again, like all of these, at this point, none of these are bad. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. Sure. This. Yeah. I love. I love them all. Thunderball. Um. Yeah. We're, I'm now fully into the Bond films that I just am rock hard for. Sure. Uh, Thunderball. Uh, Totally classic Bond film. I think it's not as good as Connery's first three. Uh, but it still has all the elements. I actually um, really like the villain in this movie. Number two. Um, Emilio Largo. Yeah, I know, I know. You can't say number two. It's Emilio, Emilio Largo. Because if you say number two, you get, again, Austin Powers flashback. Yes. Um, uh, great locations. They're in Jamaica. It's beautiful. Meanders a little bit at the end. Like The common complaint against this film is the underwater scenes go on too long, they get a little boring, and the thing is, upon re watching it roughly 47 times, which I have, I kind of see what people say. It does occasionally, like, when those scenes come on now, I do kind of like check Twitter. Fair criticism. Yeah. But it's still excellent. It is Connery at his absolute peak, but like, he is still, like, top tier Bond in this. Uh, super classic, very fun film. 11 oh, for me oh, and the Bond girls in this all. Just 11 out of 10.
0: 100%. Yeah. 11 for me. To me this is the best introduction of a new James Bond in any movie we've ever had. The Living Daylights. Um oh, yeah. I echo your sentiments. Like this is a gr- this is like almost a perfect Bond film the first half of the movie. Where it does suffer for sure is the back end of it. Even though I really enjoyed that airplane scene at the end. I wish it would have ended there. Uh, the, the dickhead that's the J.W. Pepper of this whole oh, deal. Oh,
2: yeah. He's, yeah, that, that drags it down. I, I
0: didn't like that, that ending too much, but great music in this movie as well. I like the intro song and the outro song. And uh, John Barry's last film uh, doing the score. Absolutely, uh, which is fantastic. I love Timmy. Timmy Boy is yep. great, which um, we'll be seeing him again Absolutely. Uh, here in the
2: top ten. <laughs> yeah, Mike and I both agree on what uh, Tim's best film is. Um I didn't – yeah, I didn't mention that when I was talking about it, but that opening scene is, like, one of the best opening scenes for sure. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. And the, the way he introduced a new Bond like that where he's just, like, kind of hidden the whole time and then he hears trouble and sort of, like, at the, the reveal.
0: He's so great. different from Roger, too. He's way yeah. more serious. I mean –
2: And I think perfect for the late 80s. Yeah. Perfect for 87, which is what this
0: was. Yeah. We're in the top 10 now, my friend. This is where things... This is... So from here on, this is God-tier Bond.
2: Everything at this point is amazing. Yeah. And with the exception of my top one or two, all of these could probably flip-flop, you know, on a given day. And my number 10 might even be a little low compared to how you have yours, but my number 10 is License to Kill, which I friggin' love. I love this movie. Yeah. I think it's only my number 10 because the first, it's kind of the inverse of The Living Daylights for me. The first half of this is a little lackluster. It's a little Miami Vice. Mm. Um, the opening love s- Miami Vice. Well, no, I know. I <laughs> but ever, and it's like, it's... You're like, yeah, so does my mom. It's a, it, I, did, <laughs> I did not. I did not say that. First of all, my mom is... Actually, too old for Miami Vice. Mom, don't listen. Um, uh, but it's a little, it's a little Miami Vice, little eighties. Like Bond shouldn't be influenced this much by pop culture. But once they get down to, it's I think it's Isthmus, but it's really Panama. Like once they get down to Panama City and and square off, like it gets a lot better. So that's that's where the film really picks up for me. I, I adore, and the opening scene is fantastic um, when they're when they're fighting Sanchez and they pull them up, they, they pull up the helicopter, with a, or they pull up the plane with a helicopter, uh, something that was totally ripped off by Christopher Nolan in one of the Batman movies. Uh, that's amazing. Then it gets a little weird, it gets a little Miami Vicey, but then it gets excellent. Yeah. And the movie is mostly just Bond outwitting the villain, which I love.
0: Okay, so we're in the top ten. Yes. Like I said, these are all God-tier Bond films as far as I'm concerned. Um... So I've got For Your Eyes Only at number 10. It's a great um, number 10. This is my favorite Roger Moore film by far. It gets back to basics. It's a very personal tale. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a bait and switch with the villain. There's a very intense, um, like, we, we, we always joke about these easily escapable situations, but this was not one of those. Oh, the shark the the shark bait being dragged along the boat yeah exactly the yeah. uh, keel you're wondering like how the fuck is he gonna get out of this you know yeah. um, uh, a more serious tone uh, for the Roger Moore films um, I would say um I I really like this movie a lot uh, I thought it was fantastic um, and then of course again the title song great for your eyes only super iconic Easton yeah yeah uh, fantastic song. I just, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. It's one of the only Roger movies that, you know, I could probably watch again and again and again. Yeah. That's fair. It's a great number 10. Number 9 for me.
2: Okay. So this is one of those that I feel like should be higher, but it's not. Skyfall. This is a great film. It, it is. Uh-huh. It's the best Batman movie that James Bond ever made. And that's sort of my issue with it. It is. It is, fa- it is. fantastic. And every time I watch it, I enjoy it more. When I saw this in the theaters in 2012, you know, I was fully steeped in Bond at this point. I'd been four years since Quantum, and I honestly didn't really like it that much. I I, I thought it was okay. And every time I've watched it since then, it's grown on me a little bit more. And I know people love it. A lot of people rank it as their number one. It's it's a um, beautiful film. The cinematography is gorgeous. Um, I love Silva. I love Daniel Craig's performance. Maybe I should rank the higher. I don't know. Um, but it's it's but it's but at this point you're competing against classics. That's, sure. That's the thing sure. for me. Sure. So I love Skyfall. But in terms of the classics, which I do put Skyfall in the rank of classics, it's not something I'm going to go back to. There's a lot I'm going to go back to more than Skyfall. Mm. That's the thing. Mm. I feel like I'm it's my number nine it's super high and I feel like I'm like dragging it and I'm not it's an amazing See, I told you it's an amazing film no, yeah it's really it's really hard right like it's 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 tough um, it's a fantastic
1: well, you specifically said that you enjoyed your least favorite
2: oh for sure I love all so, these movies like a yeah. Skyfall
0: like, I could watch Skyfall right now and I would be like you said, happy as a clam we're in top ten this is like this is hard yeah. This is the best of the best.
2: And, and also, there are some ahead of this, is some like legitimately classic films, not just in Bond, but like in cinema. Yeah. So, this is tough. I adore Skyfall, but it's, it's maybe a little bit lower than some
0: other people would rank it.
1: But let's discuss the song
0: Adele. I was supposed to play Bond music in the background I and mean, I didn't fucking do it. It's great. It,
2: it's yes. wonderful. It's it. I li- I like Adele. Actually, I'm just an Adele fan, just in general. Mm. Um, and uh, I think she wrote the perfect. This is a great song. Classic Bond theme mm-hmm. for the tw- twenty. It was twenty twelve, so for the two thousands. Yeah, and she nailed it. I'd love to have her back. I'd love mm-hmm. to see Adele come back
0: for one more. Um. Number nine, I have. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um. You know. George Lazenby, not the best actor. Uh, No. But he did a serviceable job for the most part. Um, I think the thing about this movie is it probably has the best blowfield out of any of the blowfields.
2: Telly Saval's is excellent.
0: Yes. um, And it has the most impactful story in the Bond lore that you're ever going to get. Bond, you know, and you believe that Bond falls in love with this woman which you don't believe in Spectre right. at all but you believe it in this and she's not a, like a useless like you know beautiful face that's just in this movie because she's hot like she's actually useful in the film she bails Bond out at one point um, there's a great like yes the, the technology of the time is kind of lame but it's a great like finish for the film and then they get married and like it, it's fucking shocking how this movie ends so they're, yeah. like, going down the road, just married. He pulls over to the side of the road to, like, take a look at the um, the ocean. And Blowfield drives by and they fucking shoot his wife and kill her. And that's how the movie ends. Isn't
1: that specifically horrible? Because he's been a womanizer from the very beginning. Correct. And finally he marries somebody. Right. And, and so you have all of this... Hope and love and you're... I mean, if you're a fan, you've seen all of these empty relationships, let's yes. call them. But they weren't really relationships, yes. right? And so he's married now and then she dies.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and then he's like... And this is the one part where like Lazenby kills it. Yeah. Because he's just like, don't worry, darling. We've got all the time in the world. And he's legitimately crying. And then you find out that he's such a shit actor... The actress that was opposite of him, the woman that just got killed, Diana was pinching his thigh she as was, hard as she can. She was <laughs> biting his leg. Yeah. Because her get, head was in his
2: lap, so she was biting his to thigh. To get
0: legitimate like tears so just, out of him. I, yeah,
2: because she was like, you're sh-
0: not a good actor. Right. So mm-hmm. we'll just, I'll do this for you. So she, And then, you know, Lazy Me fucked up. And so, Diana Riggs was like a pro's pro. So, there's a big controversy behind this, but he was like, I'm better than this. Like, I need more money, blah, blah, blah. So they said, fuck you, and they got Connery back for Diamonds yeah. for mm-hmm. or Forever.
2: Lazen B Lazenby had famously the most awful advice in the history of film. His manager said, Hey man, it's 1969, summer of love. James Bond is passe. It's never gonna last. Don't don't sign on for that
0: big contract. And he was like, Okay. Well then you said he showed up to the premiere like a hippie. He showed up looking like a hippie, he had a big Instead long of beard, scraggly, and the yeah. producers
2: called him and they were like, hey, like, Bond doesn't have a beard can you show up trying to promote this movie looking like James Bond? We paid you a lot of money. Right. Yeah, the irony of this whole thing... By the way, uh, number eight for me on Her Majesty's Secret Service so we can just keep this conversation going. Um, <laughs> it's a great film. It really is. It is.
0: It is. I think B is, is serviceable in the role. He's, he's okay. He's good. If Connery was in this movie, and, and I'm not... Like, we talked about this too. I'm not sure if he would have been able to deliver the emotion at I the end of the I film. I don't think so either. I think this is one of those weird films
2: where you needed... It's one of those like lightning in the bottle films where you needed an inexperienced actor or just not Connery to do the emotion of the movie because Connery could not be vulnerable. He could not show emotion. But
1: do you think that if he were in this movie and he, so all of its time he was not vulnerable, he was very stoic through, and that's one thing that I did notice, but what if he was in this movie and he was vulnerable. Wouldn't that just blow your mind?
2: Yeah. No, I, I don't see, I don't think so. I don't think he could pull it off. I think if you put Sean in on Her Majesty's, it would be like everybody says, like, oh, if you put Sean in on her majesties, it would be it's like the greatest thing ever. The problem with Majesties is, and maybe this was a product of George being there. Maybe if Sean was there, it would be a different film. But it feels like it's a film completely outside of the James Bond. Universe. It feels like a one-off. It's very true to the book, so correct. Extremely, and that's what makes it such a one-off because it doesn't follow the chronology of the previous films. Because when they, when um, I think it was a uh, um, Peter Hunt that was the director, when he shot it, he said he wanted to just produce the most authentic book-to-screen Bond experience ever. And so it sort of feels like this movie that exists outside of the James Bond universe, but it is a James Bond movie. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Sean could have been like, oh, yeah, like I'm a womanizer, and now I'm settling down. Perhaps. We, we don't know. I think the youth of George, the inexperience of George, and the fact that he's not Sean really lent itself to you feeling his emotion.
0: Well, I guess the argument can be made the other direction, where you've seen Connery now through five of these films, and like Emma said, he's been a womanizer this entire time. If you can get that out of him, like oh. you're really taking the audience on a journey, it's it actually it's, it's character me, progression like well, holy shit dude
2: yeah yeah it's made me think because you're right had we seen Connery all of a sudden be super vulnerable yeah mm-hmm. maybe that would have been really interesting now could Connery do that is I think is the, at, at that point in his career I think is the question. But could he like had he pulled it off? Yeah. It would have been it maybe been... the number one Bond film? Yes, Dude. it
1: would have been the number one film just because of that. If everything else sucked. Yeah. This one scene would have stuck out in your mind forever.
0: 100%. Yeah. It, it sure. would have been Good like like M said, you got five movies of Connery like just fucking women and not giving a shit about anything except the mission, right? Mhm. And then you've got this woman who pulls him away from the job, ties a knot with him, and then she's killed in front of him at the end of the movie. Yeah, you're
1: like rooting for them, and you yeah. think he's going to have this wonderful life, and then she's killed.
0: There's no follow-up to that scene either. Best she gets killed, and then the credits are rolling. See, that's, that's the problem like, with this movie. And
1: You're like in tears.
0: Yeah.
2: As it stands, my way of watching this film is you have to watch it almost as like a separate thing. You have to say, like, this is on a different timeline than other James Bond films. This is a one-off. Don't watch it in order. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Could have been interesting. Like, had Sean's heart still been in it and he made this film, it could have been, yeah, like, the greatest Bond film ever. Unfortunately, he was so checked out. It, it, it Had he made it, it probably would have been a disaster. Plus, the fact that Sean is not there, I think, makes the film better. Because every other person... It was involved in this film knew that sean wasn't there the golden goose was gone they had to step with their game so everything the directing the editing um the cinematography the score is the writing was all just like like top like spot on
0: perfect diana rigg is phenomenal in this diana
2: rigg is amazing like she she might be the best bond girl ever she's so good definitely this has my all-time favorite shot from a james bond film which is a weird thing but when they're um when they're attacking these gloria and helicopters um, there's just this one wide shot Of three helicopters over a sunset Over all the mountains And it's just spectacularly beautiful Yeah. Peter Hunt really knew how to shoot things So again, like, I don't know If you put Sean in this, maybe it would be amazing Maybe it wouldn't be as good We, we, we don't know, Like you can't play what if with history um, But as it stands it In spite of George he, I think he's okay the thing that But it's doesn't, an amazing film
0: The thing that doesn't age well is um, Diana Riggs' dadness yeah, no. He's just like... She it's a man to dominate her! Yeah. He literally <laughs> sets... He sets
2: Bond up with her. Because she's a wild child. And he's like, I want you to just fuck my daughter. Submission. in submission. Exa- and that, we all cringe. What
0: I just said is an exact quote from the movie. Yeah. He it's needs a quote. man to dominate her. Yeah, he says that to
2: Bond. Well, she's not there. He, <laughs> Bond is just in the room with him. And he's like... My daughter, she's like, they're crazy. She needs a man to dominate her. It's like, yeah.
1: Well, didn't my dad God. tell you that I'm crazy?
0: Yes, yeah, he did him? tell me I needed to dominate you. That's true. That's yeah, right. and you know what? <laughs> he,
1: maybe he said that because, and he would probably... He got it from this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. He but my dad would probably say she needs a man to dominate her or else she will kick your ass.
0: <laughs> no, but fair fucks to the directors in this. She still really does her own thing. She oh, yeah, falls she's, she's, in love with Bond organically.
2: Yeah, she's, she's not some, like, shrinking violet in this at all. Mm. She is a, she is a, like, you know, it's, it's almost like the, the joke to say, like, oh, this Bond girl's the strong, confident woman, independent. Right. But she really is. And she she's is. Perfect. She might be my favorite Bond girl. She's, she's really good. Number eight, man. On. Uh, number, I already did my number eight on Her Majesty's Secret oh, Service. So okay. We, that's why we kept that conversation uh, going.
0: Number eight for me is Goldfinger. Wow. Um... I love this movie. I'm so s- curious about your top five. I've seen it multiple times. Sure. Um the, the, thing, the thing I think that, that brings us down just a tad is the uncomfortable rape scene in the barn. Um, you don't say. <laughs> the yes. lesbian character Pussy Galore who... By the magic of the Bond dick, has become straight and a hero. Oh my gosh, I'm almost embarrassed to say where I put this film now. The comical scene of Goldfinger getting blown out the window. Um, Yeah. You know, but besides that, everything else in this is really fucking great. Um, and, And, you know, those are the only things I can really knock the film for at all. But... I love those scenes. Like you you would think that a golf scene between these guys would be uninteresting, but it's sure. great. Yeah. It's fantastic, odd job, a fantastic henchman. Um, Bond is like a prisoner in a lot of this movie, which is kind of off putting as well. But yeah. it's still good.
2: Bond doesn't do
0: a lot in Goldfinger.
2: That's yeah. that's like the knock and I have it higher than you do, spoiler okay. alert. But like but 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 still that's it's a common complaint and it's a legitimate complaint, yeah. which is that Bond doesn't really do anything right you are right about the golf scene that golf scene reminds me of like the poker scene in Casino Royale it should be boring but it's actually really interesting yeah they, they do a good job
1: so that casino scene is the one with the the lady across from him right
0: well you are to be more specific there's Which like tons of it? casino scenes with yeah him. oh ladies across from him. well there's
1: only one no. like well, there's ladies.
0: a lady no you're lady talking about Dr. no We'll, okay. we'll get to Doctor. Oh yeah, we're gonna get to Dr.
2: Bond and ladies and casinos goes together. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. Like, like peanut, peanut butter and, butter and jelly. jelly. Absolutely, hundred percent. Number seven, Matt. Uh, number seven for me is for your eyes only. Wow. A, a film I. Freaking love. <laughs> yeah, I just adore this movie. I always have. Um, it. It's not my favorite, Roger, but it's right there, for all the reasons you said. Um, it brings after the just debacle. It was Moonraker. It brings Bond back down to earth, literally and figuratively. It's a it's a fun... It's, a, it's just a good Cold War spy thriller. Roger's already looking older in this film, but that's okay. Because in this sort of story, you can have an older spy. It's okay. Yeah. It works. It works really well. Um, it blows my mind that they handled Roger's age well in For Your Eyes Only and Octopussy. Right. And then in A View to a Kill, they were like, never mind. Moving on. Uh, but yeah, in this, it's, it's, it's great. It's slow. It's boring which I love. Um, the, the climax of this film is a rock climbing scene that goes on for like 15 minutes, yeah. which is like super tense and amazing. It is. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, I, I just adore it. The score is great. Bill Conti did it, the Rocky guy. It's a f-
0: just wonderful movie. Number seven for me, um, again, we're going to get shit for this from a, a standard Bond fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have From Russia With Love.
3: Oh,
2: that's that's, that's um, not bad. That's
0: not that bad. I think if they didn't have this weird gypsy scene, okay, that's, yeah, that's uh, it, would be higher for me. Mm-hmm. It kind of made no sense. It didn't feel like it, it, it didn't. I felt it was out of place for the rest of the movie. Um, but a great Bond girl, um, a great villain, the, the, What's that guy's name? Red Grant. Red Grant, a fantastic villain. Dude, maybe my all-time favorite. A great fight scene on the man. train. Yeah. Oh, um, a great uh, woman beating the scene. No, I'm just
2: No, I mean that's that's what I watched Bond for. So. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: Uh, take take. It for the rapes. <laughs> the, the, the rapes and the woman beating. <laughs> <laughs> Delete that. We're
2: getting canceled. Yeah.
0: Um, but, uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a very interesting plot. Um. Bond is being very spy in this. Connery's kind of coming into his own um, in the role. I, I mean, even though I thought he was, which we'll get to, in he was in in tune from the very beginning. Let's not bullshit here.
2: Yes, he was perfect from the get-go. Yeah, yeah.
0: But um, uh, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the movie. I just there's there's certain spots where I kind of lose interest a bit, but. Uh, I know this is Connery's favorite Bond film he ever did. He loves it. Yeah. Um You
2: know what's interesting? We're both now in our top we're getting to be the top six. We've been in the top ten. Clearly we love these movies. Yeah. And yet we're both like defending our choices for why they're why they're not number one or something. I know. I know. It's really weird. It's it's yeah. very strange. Yeah. Because yeah. really like that's a perfectly legitimate spot to put that movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what am I? I Number number, six. Number six. Uh, My number six, this one rose up for me a lot. And it happened last week. I watched this film again. And I was watching it with some people. And they were like, oh my gosh, you watch this movie a ton. And I thought, oh my goodness, I do. It's Doctor No. Number six, Doctor No. Uh,
0: The the very first Bond film. Well, let me stop right there because I also have Doctor No number six. So let's discuss. Is
1: that the only one, Maybe. But
0: maybe a couple we've agreed on, but we've had, we've had a couple that we were at least like very close Very close, that. right? Like yeah, were,
1: but this for, I'd say
2: for the most part, we were like really, really close. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, the very first Bond film sets the template. It's pretty shocking how much of the Bond template it does, like right out of the gate. Yeah. Everything's stuck, right? It doesn't really have a theme song, but that's kind of it. It's got the Bond girl. Um, it has uh, terrible sexism and misogyny and racism, so that checks all the boxes. Of
0: course. Um, yeah. Uh,
2: but but I, I, and I think we're thinking the same thing. It's got a couple of scenes here that are the Iconic. best scenes in Bond. Period. That opening casino scene where Sean does the first Bond James Bond lighting a cigarette. Just the coolest shit you've ever seen. He nails the character right off the bat. Oh. The scene where he kills a man in cold blood, Professor Dent, for no really for no reason. He just wants to kill incredible
0: i've mentioned this before when on on when we did this like to me this is the line that sticks out for me the entire scene almost more than anything in any of these movies ever and he's sitting there playing solitaire calm as shit the professor shoots the gun and it's just clicking he knows he's out of bullets and connery just calm as fuck he's just like that's a smith and wesson prof- professor and you've had your six. And then just shoots them dead like there's nothing. And that whole scene. And then the interaction with him and the, um, the office clerk. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Wonderful. Um, and Dr. No is an iconic villain. Dr. No is an absolutely iconic villain. Dr. No has like 10 minutes of screen
2: time in this. And is still, I would say, one of the most well-known iconic villains. Without question. Yeah. It's just, it's just amazing how much they got right first time. I agree Astounding 1962 Low budget Nailed it So now we're in the top five Which is like
0: If there is a level above heaven This is it This is it These are all
2: For me I would watch these movies All on loop Happily Yeah Shall I start Because I think mine's gonna be I think mine's gonna be Controversial for you at least You shall My number five is Goldeneye
3: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think I know where, I think I never go. Discuss. Uh,
2: uh, Gold Knight's great. It's a perfect Bond film. It is the perfect. If I was gonna name a perfect distillation of the formula Bond films, of like, oh, we're gonna do the Bond formula again. What's the perfect version of that? It's Gold A a perfect reintroduction of James Bond in '95. It had been six years since we had last seen Bond. License to Kill wasn't. Obviously we think it's amazing, but it was not a success commercially. They had to they had to reinvent it or they were probably not gonna be able to make money. This is where it was tied up in court though too, right? It was, it was tied up in legal proceedings, license kill was not a not a success financially. Then they went to court over like a rights dispute, they got it all hammered out ninety five, Pierce finally comes in and I actually think Pierce waiting until ninety five was the right move. I think he was the right age for Bond at this point, and it is the just the, the perfect formula Bond film, then that's not a knock on it. Great villain, Alex Trevelyan, 006, um, Sean Bean, of course he dies, in a spectacular fashion. Uh, Beautiful Bond girl, great locations, great plot. It's a little, it it does look a little dated now, I will say. It looks a little more dated than even some earlier ones. That sort of mid-90s thing, I don't know why it just, it didn't hold up super well, but that's not to take anything away from the film. It is
0: spectacular. Number five for me is uh, Thunderball. Uh, again, a lot of classic Bond fans are gonna fucking hate this, but I had so much fun with this movie. I love the plot, how they've stolen nuclear weapons. They're hidden under the sea. It's a total like spy film investigation. They're trying to find this thing. I personally love the underwater scene. Um, I love the dynamic with the Bond girl in this. I love the villain. Um, I love the scene where he shows up late to the meeting. It's just fucking great. Um, the rapey scene in the uh, the massage parlor. Oh,
2: oh in the oh no, it's not a massage parlor. It's a you know, it's not a massage parlor. If was, if physical a, therapy if it was a massage parlor, it would make more sense. It's the physical therapy unit and and Bond That does
1: not make sense. And
2: Bond and and Bond is straight up trying to rape this poor physical therapist who's just trying to do her job. For like hours, she yeah yeah yeah. Every time Mon gets near her, he just like drop the towel. You know. he He's finally, doing a
1: little dance. He's gyrating.
2: Yeah. He finally He's gyrating. Yeah, he finally coerces her into. Se- this actually like he straight up rapes a lady in Goldfinger. This is the rapiest scene I think. She fucks. He up. He blackmails her. She doesn't even fuck up on something. <laughs> Somebody tries to kill him on her little chair station. And he's like, well, (laughs) I could say something, but I won't for some sex.
3: (laughs) And then he just
2: straight up like pushes her into a wall and has sex with her. That is the rapiest scene
0: in the whole series. It is awful.
2: But there's so many
0: cool scenes in this. No, it's
2: a great movie. I love Thunderball. It's just that scene is like, woof.
0: I like how he has sex with um, the redheaded henchwoman.
2: Yeah, well, that was, oh, God. And then we should should talk about that. She
0: turns on him, right? Oh, yeah. she says something about oh was it good for you or whatever and he's like you think I enjoyed that? I just did really that right? for God and, Co- and Queen. I did that for King and <laughs> Yeah
2: for King and Country. That that oh we should we should talk about uh, Fiona Volpe. Fiona Volpe is the most beautiful Bond girl in my life You've Mitchell. said that like 10 times since we've yes, been doing it. has. Yeah.
1: Every every single <laughs> movie.
2: Oh no I don't <laughs> care. That scene with her in the bathtub triggered puberty for me.
1: <laughs> the best
0: part in that bathtub scene She's in the bathtub and Connery comes in and he's just like all fucking like just smug as fuck, and she goes, "Can you give me something to put on, please?" And he throws her a little washcloth and he just sits. <laughs> and he sits down. He sits down on a chair like this, puts his legs up, and he yeah. hands her shoes. <laughs> so great. That that. Mm. And then the henchman is about to kill him and he's got the crossbow in his hand and he's just like. And he shoots the guy and it goes through the tree and he's like, I think you got the point. (laughs) That's fucking great, dude. Yeah, and he's with Domino in that scene. It would be so fun. Another 11 out of 10 beautiful Bond girl. Yeah, she may be related to me in some way because her last name is Augur, but I digress. Right. Um,
2: Claudine Auger. Yeah. I'm sorry, Emmett, you have to hear us um, grunting over
0: how we rate the Bond girls.
2: We're on number four. (laughs) Uh yeah number four for me the spy who loved me which I I know we disagree on but I absolutely love this movie no I knew you were gonna have this up there. this is gonna be high for me obviously yeah. this is one of my favorites this was the first Bond film I ever saw um, I think it's perfect it could it could like this movie could legitimately be my number one
3: mm-hmm.
2: I just I love it so much it's Roger it's silly it's stupid um, it's got Jaws it has a uh, not that <laughs> Uh, Spy and Love Me has a. Are you pausing? No, keep going. Okay, Spy and Love Me has a, a a base that goes in and out of the sea. the The only downside in this movie is the villain is super forgettable. I think this is Roger's best performance. I absolutely adore uh, Barbara Bach as Agent X. She kind of really is Bond's equal. The car chase is fantastic. I love the Lotus Spree. I love Jaws. I just love everything about it. The scenery, the story, it's, it's it just, it checks all the boxes for me. And again, it's my first, I'm super nostalgic for it. I, like, I was five years old and saw this movie, and I remember being five years old and seeing this movie. Yeah. And there were, like, nothing will ever knock that great memory out of my head.
1: So it is not inappropriate for Aaron.
2: Oh, no, it's super inappropriate. Look at me. Don't do <laughs> it. No, don't, don't.
0: Wait till he's, like, ten, I would say, is a good age. Alright, number four. Gonna piss off a ton of Bond fans here. I'm so excited for this. I don't care though. So here's the thing. If you guys know me and you know some of the things I, I really am a sucker for is a revenge tale. And this is Bond unhinged. This is Bond on a fucking mission. This is Bond serious as shit. This is License to Kill. I fucking... I loved this movie. Like, I, I gushed over it a ton. On when we did this on podcast, um, Timothy Dalton. It, you know, I, I get what you're saying with the Miami Vice, and it seems a bit off for a Bond film. The the, the one thing that like really throws us out is the bar scene.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird scene for a Bond film.
0: But goddamn, dude, and and the villain in this is fantastic. Maybe my favorite villain, Fran Sanchez, is wonderful. Yeah, and. Um, uh, the confrontation between him and and, and uh, Bond when he brings him up to the office and he's oh, talking crazy. to Bond about what he does for a living and Bond's like, I'm in the elimination business. I'm
2: more of a problem eliminator.
0: Yeah, dude. It's- Just, oh, man. If you see the deleted scenes from this too, I don't know why they took this out. Bond is loading his gun and smoking a cigarette when he's like watching something about this dude on TV. And it's, he kills... He they, they brutally rape and murder yeah. Felix's wife. They paralyze Felix. Or at least they fuck him up really bad. I don't know if if he's paralyzed at the end or not. He's only. pretty paralyzed. I mean he's fucked up. It's a weird thing at the end because he's like too jovial at
2: the end. But yeah. he's he's fucked up. He's had his leg yeah. bitten off. Which and his wife was raped and murdered
0: on their wedding night. Brutally. Like, this is a dark Bond film. It is. And and Felix is like Bond's number one dude. So I feel like this movie has the emotion that um Uh, On Her Majesty's hat at the end, which where you would kind of want to see that uh, spill over into diamonds, right? But you don't really get that. Um, This movie has that. Like, Bond is pissed. Somebody has has, has fucking killed his best friend's wife and put him in the hospital where he may not live. And he's unhinged at this point. And and they try to take away his license to kill. And he fully goes for it. He fully goes for it. there's no holding back. Um and, and there was a point I was telling Matt when we were watching this, um, where they take away the license to kill, and you're thinking, okay, so you saw a little bit of kind of rough around the edges bond here, and once they take away that license to kill, this is where they're going to get around him not being brutal. And that doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> they kill it's worse. They kill another dude that's a friend of his. He comes out of the thing and he's like, "What's this chubs, right?" Uh, Sharky Sharky he goes Sharky. Sharky sends his regards Shoots a harpoon Right through That yes, fucking guy I Fucking love that scene And this is one of the, the most iconic Endings to a villain In any movie ever He lights the fucking guy On fire dude <laughs> He burns to death One thing That I didn't mention On the last podcast Which a lot of people Bitch about And I agree The fish winking At the end of this movie what? Yeah it's a very stupid ending What? That makes no sense Okay here, here, here's my For theory. the tone of this film, that makes no
2: sense. Here's my theory on this. There's two things at the end of this film that make no sense. And I, I look, I'm not mad at your selection. I love No, it. you had it up there. Yeah, I had it up there. I yeah. love License to Kill. It's, right. it, it's a great film. I love the revenge tale. The other thing about License to Kill that I think doesn't get mentioned a lot is there's some Bond films where they don't want James Bond to be James Bond. So they do other things. Sure. This film feels like the opposite. Where they're like, let's take James Bond and drop him into a different environment. Yeah. But they retain the aspects of the character that make it work. That's why I think this works. The two things that don't work at the end of this film, they're like, we had this really gritty, dark drama for the last two hours. But then Felix at the end, Bond calls he's him. He's too jovial. He's you're too right. jovial. He's too happy. His wife just got raped and murdered and he doesn't have a leg. And Felix is like, hey, James, let's go fishing next week. It'll be great. And it's like, that's weird. That and then, is weird. And then at the end, they, um, yeah, they have a winking... A, like a winking fish statue in a pool. It's very strange. But I think it was a, like a producer's thing where they were like, we don't want our Bond film to end um, like on a downer note. Like, we're, we're James Bond. This is, this yeah, is not I being happy. I get it too. They didn't really know what to do with it. It doesn't work for the film. I wish they just went full dark with it. This film should have ended with Tim lighting up a cigarette, drinking a whiskey, just in a bar somewhere being like, what
0: the fuck just happened? I agree. That's how this film should have ended. Or walking away, lighting a cigarette with an explosion behind him, and he doesn't yeah, well, look back because he's too cool for it. Full Arnold Schwarzenegger
2: yeah, sort absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Something like that. But unfortunately, they couldn't go fully there. But I
0: agree mm-hmm. with you. It's an amazing film. The ending's a little weird, but it's a great film. You know, the thing about Timothy Dalton this Bond. Ultimately, I, I, like, I'm with you. I, I I think Connery is my favorite Bond, but... Mm-hmm. For me, he's really up there because I feel like if, if you read if you read about how the book interpretation is of this character, yeah. and you've read the book, so maybe you can correct me on this, I feel like the movies he was in and the way he acted is the most like Bond in the books. Yeah. It absolutely is. Very close, at least. And that was
2: very intentional. Tim read when he took the role, he read all, he's a method actor. He's a, like he was like a London stage actor. He's really into his craft. He read all the books and he said, I want to, you know, act out Bond like the books. Yeah. And he kind of nails it. Bond in the books is really cynical, really dark, kind of hates everybody. He's not charming. And Tim's not really charming. He is a womanizer, but, you know, he's not like charming ladies into the bedroom. He's just no. like, he's just sort of taking He's his
0: trying mind. to get the mission done. He's just trying to
2: get the mission done. And I think, I, I do think Tim absolutely nails that aspect of Bond. Yeah. Yeah. It's very different. But it, it, it works, and especially for the, like, I think it really works for the late 80s, too. It's sort of like darker, action-driven time for films. Sure. Tim's Bond really worked in that, in that yeah. setting. He's sort of Daniel Craig before Daniel Craig. Yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah. Uh, we're on to number three, Matt. Oh my gosh, Goldfinger, number three for me. I can't argue it, I can't argue yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's such a
2: quintessential, it is, it is the quintessential Bond film. If, if somebody came to me and said, I want to watch a James Bond film, I would say, okay, um, how do you feel about movies from the 1960s? And if they said, fine, I would say, how do you feel about casual rape? And if they said, fine, casual I rape. would say, all right, Goldfinger is for you. <laughs> like rape um, is ever casual.
1: Just, you know, yeah,
2: like
0: a little, little, yeah. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about some really problematic scenes? Um, you've now said the second thing since you've been doing these podcasts with this that's going to ruin your political career. Oh, my pleasure is <finger's> done. <laughs> i'm gonna come to death and have problematic things
2: yeah it's it's all it's all bad at this point my my congressional run is out the window um but unless
1: you run as a republican
2: that's true if i yeah, yeah if, I, are... if i run on like the trump ticket or i'm just like i didn't say that no but you did nope
1: yeah i didn't
2: but
1: on the republican ticket i mean like um, these things are great sure sure <laughs>
2: Welcome to the political podcast. Movie, to be fair, coming to po- death politics. is great no matter what political
0: spectrum. Look, I, look <laughs> honestly,
3: honestly, I stand behind it. If you
2: gotta go, that's gotta be one of the best oh, ways yes, to go. Of course. So anyway, but like yeah, Goldfinger. Um Goldfinger to me is the well, I think to a lot of people, it's the quintessential James Bond yeah. film. It's the one that established the formula. I think it is it is probably Sean's best performance. Yeah.
0: This is the one your dad always quotes, Goldfinger. Yeah, and how can yeah. you not? It's so cool. We probably watched it the most.
1: What is that he says?
0: No, oh, Mr. Okay. Bond, I expect you to die. Oh,
2: he says, no, Mr. Bond, I expect some casual rape from you tonight.
1: <laughs> where where does the dog come from? That's from the uh, Skyfall.
0: Skyfall. The Skyfall. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, this has, to me, one of the best, if not the best, villains in the series. I think Goldfinger's wonderful. Amazing locations. Um, uh, it's, it's the movie. It's, it, it's one of those weird things where it's like, it's not the best but it is the most iconic, and everybody remembers it, and for good reason. I think everybody turns in an amazing performance. The sets were wonderful, the score is wonderful. Um, Sean's killing it. Odd Job's awesome. You mentioned the golf game earlier. This golf game should be boring, but it's actually tense and interesting. Yeah. The biggest knock against the movie, and it's incredibly fair, is that um, Bond doesn't do much in this movie. Right. He's he's a captive for most of it. Except rape. Except for the rape. He's he's very there for the rape. Um, you know, the reason I think I ranked it this high, if I, if I was ranking objectively, like films objectively, it'd be lower. The reason I rank it this high is because this is a film I throw in all the time. I watch this movie like three or four times a year.
0: I, I think the laser scene is probably one of the most iconic scenes in any Bond. Oh, for sure. Or in cinema. Yeah,
2: the do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. Yeah, So what I just told you Emma's dad quotes Mm -hmm. all the time. Sure. Everybody knows that scene. Everybody, I think a lot of people know the golf scene, the the Aston Martin DB4 is in this. Odd Job. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows Odd Job. I said earlier for... Pussy Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore. I said earlier for You Only Live Twice, an iconic movie does not make a good movie, and I still think that's true, but... This is. I still think this is a good movie. It's a dated movie. It's, it's great. Of, it's got a lot of problems. It's great. It's super watchable. It's
0: short. It's in my top ten. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely. I love it,
1: short movies. Honestly, so do. They're my favorite. No, honestly,
2: I do too. I think. I think keeping a movie kind of like down in length is is an okay thing. Um, but I just I go back to this one so much. It's so iconic. It's so classic
0: James <gasps> Bond. I think it's wonderful. Uh, okay. Number That three. was three. That was three. Number three for you. Three for me is Casino Royale. Uh, not the original. We don't even count that.
2: Oh, that's the one I thought you were talking about. <laughs>
1: There's two?
0: 1967's Casino Royale. Yeah. I'm confused. No, no, no. The one first one with Daniel Craig. Yeah. Um, it's one of the best openings to a Bond film I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's in black mm-hmm. and white. He's kind of getting his stripes. You don't get the gun barrel until he, like, fully becomes a double O, yeah. which is very clever. I love that. Uh, the chase scene in the beginning is fantastic. Um... Daniel Craig kills it in this movie. Yeah. Uh, the cards is, game is, is fantastic. I really don't have anything bad to say about this. And two and three were kind of interchangeable for me. And so... Well, I know what your one and two are now, so... That's all I can say as far as that goes. But yeah. Casino Royale is definitely fantastic. Yeah, is a, it's a, it is. I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. Uh, Shall I get my number two? Yes, sir.
2: My number two. Uh, by the way, my number two and number number three... Go back and forth. And I would say I think they're the best double feature in in Bond. My number two is From Russia With Love. Okay. Um, a great film. The the uh, the gypsy scene is really strange, as you said. Yeah. It could be taken out entirely. But that was, again, the product of his time. Sure. The producers went there. The director went there. They saw gypsies. And they were like, hey, what if we had like ladies fight in a gypsy camp? And somebody presumably very drunk, was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> so that's a little is strange. is
1: Gypsy a non-PC term? Uh-oh. Okay, in
2: 1963, that was not a thing. are so, we supposed
1: to call them, like, Romani or something?
2: I don't They know. were called that in From Russia with Love. They were called Romani. Not according to Tyson Fury. Yeah, well, he... Oh, does he say, oh yeah, he's
0: Gypsy King. His handle's theory. Gypsy King, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Who's gonna argue with him? You exactly. Know? But I think From Russia is an excellent film. Everybody always says it's the Alfred Hitchcock... Um, Bond film. And I have to say, I've been on an Alfred Hitchcock kick lately, watching a bunch of his films. And I think this is actually better than a lot of Alfred Hitchcock films I've seen. Some of those are a little rough. Some of those are a little dated. Um, I, I enjoy it thoroughly, especially the, the once they get on the train. I also like my Bond films to be a little bit simple. I like spy stories. Um, and this kind of nails that. Sure. The the scenes with Red Grant, I think, are excellent. It drags a little bit at the end. The, the Gypsy scene's weird But ultimately It's an excellent performance From Connery He's at he's just Full charge here I love his allies I love the villains Red Grant's amazing um, I, I could just Watch this movie Over and over Even when I was a kid I could, I could just like Put this on anytime When you were a kid would, yeah. More
1: inappropriateness well, I watching these when I was,
2: like, six. Like, that ship is sailing. That's crazy. That's why I'm so messed up. Don't let your kids do this. Well,
0: I grew up on Steven Seagal films, so what does that tell you? Hell
2: yeah. That's why we're friends now.
0: That's exactly <laughs> it, yeah. Number two for me um, is Skyfall.
2: That's what I assumed.
0: Uh, here's the thing. It's not a formulaic Bond film at all. But I think this arguably has the best villain in the entire franchise. It's a great villain. Um it's, it's up for debate for me, but it, it, fuck, dude. He's so good. Silva is excellent. Um, The story is so personal. Um, you really have to see Bond kind of pick himself up. The cinematography in this is second to none. It's the best in the series. It's gorgeous. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. There's
2: so many shots. When we were watching this for the podcast, I was watching this on my screen, and there were so many shots where I was like, pause this and just
0: it's breathtaking look at this shot that they did you yeah. can take a screenshot and like hang it on your wall and it would be yeah. awesome it's beautiful the theme song is great as Emma has pointed out um, yes uh, I I just you know this just really nailed it man and it really like brought this story to a more personable level and it's it's terrible that they sh- they're they, like Drop the fucking ball with Spectre after this. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, because I feel like the follow-up to this... And again, like I, I love Skyfall. I ranked it lower than you, but I still adore it. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I, I feel like they really dropped the ball. The, the follow-up to this could have been so much better. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a, um, a product of Sam Mendes coming back and he did not want to. So they should have let him go. They should have brought in a different director. But, you know, it is what it is.
0: The Home Alone um, aspect of this, too, is, is, is great. I, I like it. Yeah, that's the
2: thing. It bothers some people. I enjoy it. Yeah, because it, it only lasts like a minute. I, I would actually compare it to Roger in Octopussy, where everybody's like, "Oh, we only think about the clown suit." It's like, well, that's one minute of the film. Sure. And I understand you don't like the film. I understand it's it's not you, but it's like people like it's a silly film. But the Home Alone aspect, it's like, well, that lasts two minutes. Sure. And then we're just back to Daniel Craig machine gunning people. Like, sure. It's not a big thing. Sure. I think it's I think Skyfall is. Completely excellent. I love it. Well, I have a great time with it. We're here. Yeah, I number know one. I know you're number one, of course. And I, and and you I know, know yours. And well. you know mine because I've said it. Yeah. My number one is Casino Royale. And it was not always Casino Royale. When I when I saw, you know, I I, I was obviously a big fan when it came out. When I saw Casino, I was totally off Bond in the theaters. I mean. Um, of the Day completely made me not a Bond fan not not, not a Bond fan but like maybe disinterested in this franchise yeah. my dad and I went to see it Casino as we always do and we walked out both going like hmm that was interesting that was hey that was like pretty good hey that might have been really good but it took me years for this to settle as my number one and then there was like one week about five or six years ago where I watched Casino from Russia and Goldfinger all in the same week which are like always my top three and I was like oh my gosh Casino's a masterpiece like that's number one and it's been there ever since. It, I think it's perfect. I, it, it's, it's, to me, it's a lightning and a bottle Bond film. The score is perfect. Daniel Craig's <clears throat> performance is perfect. The story is amazing. It takes all of the Bond elements out, and yet it still feels like a Bond film. Sure. It's the opposite of Live and Let Die for me, where it's like, it doesn't really feel like a Bond film, but it's not fun. This one takes a lot out. We don't have Q, we don't have Money Penny, we don't have gadgets but it still feels so Bondy, and the story's perfect. Um, The climax is a poker scene, which, again, should be super boring, and it's not. It's riveting, and I think it's all down to Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell directed both Casino Royale and uh, GoldenEye, and I think he's the GOAT, pound for pound, uh, because he just, he gets Bond.
0: Yeah, because I'm gonna echo that sentiment here, because number one for me is, by far, GoldenEye. Mm This has everything you could ever want from a James Bond movie. And it's Pierce's introduction into the role. They had written this story with um, Timothy Dalton in mind. And it shows. Because as the other Pierce movies go on, it really steers away from this tone. Um, Which... There's not a ton of silliness in this. It's a lot more serious. I guess you could argue the... um, the Dick Face, who's the hacker in this?
1: Dick Face. Yeah. Oh, Alan. Cheese Dick.
0: Yeah. You know, maybe Bor- he's a Boris. little. Yeah, Boris. Boris. He's a little silly. Yeah. Um, but the villain is Sean Bean, fantastic. This is and, this is mostly a very serious Bond film. Again, yeah. what you get here is like *The Man with the Golden Gun*, where he's kind of Bond's equal in every way. Very much so. That that fight scene at the end is incredible. Yeah, but but you're getting a more a better constructed film around this, right? Whereas that kind of held up the entire... Which I didn't even talk about in The Man with the Golden Gun. And then you got the J.W. Pepper fucking chase scene in that, which was terrible. Which I hated in Live and Let Die, right? Yeah,
2: we both agree that J.W. Pepper, not great. No. No, probably the worst Bond character.
0: With this... You get it all, man. You get just Pierce being a fucking badass. The the one-liners. You get the gadgets. Bond in a tank chasing guys down the street, dude. Great chase. Bond playing chicken with a train in a tank. Oh my God. (laughs) What else can you ask for, dude?
2: That scene is so good. Um, and the score, The score. We should talk about the score. The score is terrible for this film. one Ex- downfall, except for that chase scene, which is which is wonderful. Because classic they had, Bond. They, they had a different composer, right? And it was
0: very classic Bond. It's one. The only shitty part about this is the score. Yeah, uh, yeah totally. Um, I, I I love Goldfinger. It's it's an all time favorite. Um, a lot of vagina. The the henchwoman, or I know that's not her name, but it sounds very <laughs> similar to the Austin Powers one. <laughs> Uh, I was
1: just uh, gonna say, isn't that an Austin power? No,
0: her name's Anya um, uh,
2: Zenya on Zhenya
0: top. 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 I mean, come on. Played by
2: Famke Jansen, who played Jean uh, Grey. Her a finishing
0: move in this is fucking guys to death. She
2: literally finishes guys and herself, and then kills them. Yes, it's it's a little strange when she's machine gunning everybody in Russia. Like she finishes,
0: dude. Yeah, she comes at least three times. Oh, for sure. It's you know. Don't watch them it's, it's... and then when she dies <laughs> she gets squeezed in between the trees and Pierce is like get Pier- she always did love a good squeeze she always did love a good squeeze and I love how she wraps her legs around him and she's trying to finish she's moaning and yeah, screaming and, just and Pierce her- is slamming her against all the walls because he's losing all his breath
2: right I'm just going to say this Pierce is our last Bond they have a full rug of chest hair I'm just saying, for the next one, we need to bring that back. Yeah. Because if that becomes a thing again, I will start killing
0: it. And I just love the, the line delivery when he finally gets her off. He, I think he burns her ass cheeks, right, on something He throws her, on her like a Like a sauna or something yeah. like that. Pulls out the gun, and he's just like, no, 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 no. No more foreplay. No more foreplay. <laughs> he cocks the gun. Take me to guns. So many great lines, so many great action scenes, so many great gadgets, so many great chase scenes. Pierce is fantastic. The Bond girl is okay. She's not bad. She holds up. She's good. The villain is fantastic. We get a new, um, uh, a new M in this, played by Judi Dench. Which I think is the which is the best. goat. I love Judi. She's better so, than the original. I agree. She's the goat. I, um, I love Judi Dench. And I love how they they play the aspect up of Bond being kind of a grizzled vet. Yeah. And hey, mm-hmm. we're doing things a different way here. You know.
2: I think we mentioned that on the podcast that like. Um, in, in Goldeneye, they sort of have this way of writing his character where it feels very lived in. Like he's been around for a long time. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he, he has allies. He's been doing this for a long He's not a young guy like Daniel Craig right. in Casino. He, like he's the old, he's the bat. Yes. I, I love it, it. It really lends itself to the character.
0: Yeah, because you can kind of believe this is the same bond from License Kill and Living Daylights sure. and. It All also, the other things. It
2: also helps that Pierce was a little bit older at the time. So sure. He wasn't a young guy. He sure. wasn't old, but he was, he was 40 when he started. Yeah. And that kind of, kind of helps the character.
0: So, next year sometime, probably after um, No Time to Die, yeah. we'll revisit this and we will fit No Time to Die in this list. Um, I look forward to it. Yeah, hopefully we can check some of these out again and, and have a new perspective on it, but...
2: I plan on having rewatched every Bond film by then. Well, of course. So, but I do that normally. That's just my that's just my weeknights.
0: So, uh, any final thoughts, Matt?
2: This has been amazing. James Bond is the greatest film franchise of all time. Uh, now, now that I've started rewatching Marvel, I feel especially confident saying that because Marvel is terrible. <laughs>
1: Fast and Furious.
2: Okay, no, I love Fast and Furious too, but (laughs) it's not even close. Uh, Star Wars is embarrassing. Marvel is a cash grab. Fast and Furious is really cool, but no. James Bond is the greatest franchise of all time. If you haven't watched James Bond because you think it's too old or stodgy, give it a chance. Um, And I look forward to coming back after No Time to Die and uh, talking about it. We're going to talk about
0: it after we see it, and then we'll we'll redo this maybe next year. Yeah, I agree. I, I had a good time um, getting into all these. I had only seen the Pierce ones and the Craig ones before this. I'm glad I went back and saw all those, especially the Connery's. Um, it was fantastic. So, And I'm happy, I'm happy you did. It was really fun. Yes, sir. So we'll do it again on the next one.